0: Or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today.
1: I want to direct your attention to two passages of Scripture in the Old Testament. As we get our bearings tonight. The book of Psalms is one of my favorite book, one of my favorite scriptures in the Psalms, and that is Psalm 138 and 2. Psalm 138 and 2. Let's say it aloud together. I will worship toward thy holy temple. And praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 and verse number 10. For the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither. But water the earth and make it to bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void.
0: If I may add,
1: but it will return fruitful. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. You've magnified your word above all your name, makes it so valuable. And your word is effective. It goes out and goes forth to do what it is set forth to accomplish. What God pleases to do with his word, he will do. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to worship you. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless and anoint this message to our hearts. Help me, Lord, somehow to to put into words what you've been putting in my spirit for the last week. I'm asking you, God, that some way that your, your spirit, Lord, would fall both upon me and this congregation as we move into the miraculous And we follow you every step of the way that we possibly can. Praise the Lord. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. There's nothing like this book, the book of books, the word of God. It is not only the most well-beloved book, it is the most hated book. But all of Scripture, as Paul wrote, is inspired or God-breathed. All of it. All of it. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, for correction and instruction of righteousness. This book, this holy book, contains for us the mind of God. It shows us the state of man. It provides for us the way of salvation. It brings to light the doom for sinners, the happiness for believers. The doctrines in this book, the teachings in this book are holy, sacred. Its precepts are binding, its principles secure. Its histories are true and its decisions are unchangeable. The Bible says, if we read it, we will be wise. If we believe it, we will be saved. If we practice it, we will be holy. It contains the light to direct us, food to sustain us, comfort to cheer us. It is indeed the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass. It is the soldier's sword. It is our Magna Carta. It is our... Constitution. This book contains the emancipation proclamation for the slave of the soul. Here, paradise is found restored, heaven is open, and the gates that lead to hell have been disclosed. Jesus Christ is the grand subject, for He is not only the protagonist of this book, He is the author of this book. He is the Word Jesus is the Word. When you study the Bible, you will find that its words are indestructible. They are incorruptible. According to Deuteronomy, they are indispensable. In Matthew, we find that the Word is infallible. In Psalms, we find that the Word is inexhaustible. If if I would point you to some scripture tonight, I would point you to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. Being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is grass, and the glory of man is the flower; the grass withereth, and the flower fadeth away: but the word of the Lord endureth forever. Politicians come and go, but the Word of the Lord will endure forever. Kingdoms come and go, but the Word of the Lord endureth forever. The cancel culture will come and go, but the Word of the Lord endureth forever. Amen. The Antichrist will come and go, but the Word of the Lord will endure forever. Cancer comes and cancer goes, but the word of the Lord endures forever. I am up and I am down, but the word of the Lord endures forever. I believe it and yet times I don't believe it, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This word, this word is a powerful word. The psalmist said, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. Somebody say it's settled. It's settled in heaven. Amen. Jesus said in quoting uh, from Deuteronomy, he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. In Psalm chapter 19 and verse 7, look at these statements. The law, which is the word of the Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. The testimony, or the word of the Lord, is sure, making wise the simple. The statute, which is the word of the Lord, are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord, which is the word of the Lord, is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord, which is the word of the Lord, is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yay, much m- much fine gold. Amen. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Let me tell you today, this book, this book contains more power than you and I have ever tapped into. This book has more promises than you and I have yet to explore. This book has answers and direction and glory. This book can defeat more devils than there are devils. Amen. This book, this book is life. This book, amen, is strength. This book is right. This book. Hallelujah. I wish I could convey to you my heart tonight. Amen. This book. Critics and skeptics have risen and faded out of view. This book remains. Voltaire, who would be the progressive of his day, said that in a hundred years, the Bibles in in the 1700s said the Bible would be an extinct book. Out of the same printing presses that that joker wrote his lies, the Jeevan Bible Society bought those printing presses and started printing printing Bibles. Still printing Bibles. Still printing Bibles. Still printing Bibles. Amen. The Bible is not merely words about God. Our collective of words gathered to talk about God. The Bible is God's word. It's God's imprint, imprint. It is God's voice on paper. Hallelujah. Again, we we wrote... Uh, we read in our beginning scripture from the book of Isaiah 55 and verse 10. As the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but does something. It waters the earth, it maketh to bring forth and to bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall shall, shall not return unto me void. But it shall, it shall, it shall, it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sin it. I preached a couple Sundays ago about lifting our level of expectation. This is perhaps a follow-up to that, but in this text of, of Psalms 138 and 2, where the psalmist said, I will worship toward thy holy temple. Praise thy name for thy love kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified. Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. The word magnified is an interesting word because it means to exalt by filling it Beyond all expectation. There's more in this book that I can expect than I am expecting. There is more answers in this book that I can find than I'm looking for. You see, this word is. The word of God, and it has an expectation within it. There's power magnified. Expectation is in the word. I want to tell you. I pray by the time we are finished tonight, you get a new view of God's word. That you come to a revelation rele- rele- or to a realization, a revelation of what God is trying to do through His word. Amen. He wants us to get connected with His word. He wants us to love His word. He wants us to appreciate His Word and He wants us to use His Word. You know the the Bible verse Hebrews 4 and 12? The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts. And the intent of the heart. Amen. The Word of God is quick. Let's just talk about that for a minute. It's alive. That's what that means. It's living. It is active. It is effective. It's powerful. And it is efficient. The Word of God is precise. It's sharper. It doesn't just throw darts on the wall and draw a target. It is precise. It is strategic. There is precision in the Word of God. Amen. I believe today that this Word has a work, and that is to go into any situation and surgically begin to work on what is in our soul and what is in our spirit and what is in our mind. Amen. Uh, uh, Pastor Dylan taught an awesome lesson today and that is what we put in our mind will develop a stronghold. Here's what we must come to the conclusion is is that every stronghold we tear down, we build another one up with the word of God. Every stronghold we bring down we build another one up with the word of God so that when Satan comes against us, amen, there is a healthy place for us to run. I run into the word of the Lord. When I'm tried by the devil, I want to use. Use the word when I have a sickness. I want to use the word when there's a problem in my family. I want to use the word. The Bible said in the Book of Acts, there was a time where they taught the word of God. The word of God so strong that many that were in witchcraft came and burnt their books, destroyed their books. It was a hefty price. That they gave up and burnt up into flames. The Bible says, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Jesus said to his disciples, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh Profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I've come to give you a word of life tonight. The word of God is breathed, it is inspired. It's God breathed, and it's breath into your situation. It is God's word breathes into your problem. God's word breathes into every expectation that is written here. God's word is an answer for everything. Amen. And if you understand that, I wish you'd stand to your feet and begin to shout, I believe it. I believe God's word is for everything. I believe it. The question for tonight is, what attracts God's attention? How can I get God's attention for my needs and my expectations? What is it that I need to have? Well, I need to have faith. Yes, that's true. Amen. But what makes God stand and take notice? Does my fullness and my success attract God's attention? If I get to a certain plane of magnitude... If I have enough of this and enough of that, does that get God's attention and say, Ooh, look at them. Look how good they're doing. I like that. Does being successful impress God? Is that what attracts his attention? Does being needy attract God? Does begging and pleading, moaning and groaning, wishing and hoping, whining and complaining attract God? Oh. ho. Just bragging about what I've done last year. Lord, you know how long I live for you. You know what I've done. I've gone to church all my life. Lord, you know how I've been faithful. Lord, I'm, I'm just coming to you to remind you about what all I've done. Does that attract God? Does hmm. reminding Him about our expertise, our heritage, reminding Him about what we've done attract God? No. What will cause... An eternal, immortal, omnipotent God to step down off his throne and say, I'm coming. I am coming. Pious prayers does not impress God. Repeated words done over and over and over does not impress God. Amen. Does our need for God move Him? Does our need does our, our need for healing move God? Is it our problems? It is, is it our situation? Yes, God had Jesus had compassion upon people that He saw, but He also walked by others and had no compassion. What is it that attracts God? How can I get His attention? Well first of all, we need to know how the word works. The Bible teaches us in the very beginning of creation that when creation happened, is that God spoke and the Spirit moved. God spoke and the Spirit moved. There are two components related to how the Word works, and that is the Word and Spirit. The Word and Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that comes down on the word that brings revelation. The baptism of Jesus is this this shows this that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus as a dove and the voice of revelation spoke out of heaven. The spirit moves and the word is revealed. Amen. It's not just a cold dead Book. This is not just a textbook. This is not just something that I'm teaching because my dad taught it or or because my father-in-law teaches it. I am not teaching this just because it's my job. I believe that this book is alive because the Spirit comes down on the Word. How many times have you been reading something and you've read it over and over again, but yet when you read it and the Spirit comes down on it, it all of a sudden jumps out of the page and comes into your life. And you take it in and you apply it to your situation. So you need to know that the Spirit and the Word work together. Another thing you need to understand is that God is bound to His Word. His Word is not bound, but He is bound to His Word. Israel made and worshipped a molten calf. Amen. They corrupted themselves in the sight of God. You know, Moses come down from the mountain with the tablets and, and God was angry and God told Moses, I've seen this people and behold, they're a bunch of stiff-necked, rebellious nuts and here's what I'm going to do. Look at, look at Exodus 32 and 10. This is how, God, how much God was upset with Israel. Now therefore, let me alone. Let That my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. Okay, here Moses, here's the situation. They're so despicable and so bad, and they had done such wicked idolatry. I'm going to kill them, and then I'm going to raise up to you a great nation. If if Moses had been like a lot of us, we would say, But he'd been leading these rascals for a while, and he knew what that meant. And so what he did is he said, and this is my words, uh, 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 wait a second, God. I know you're upset, Lord. I get that. But I want to remind you, you brought us out of Egypt. that You did it with a mighty hand and with power. Amen. And so, Lord, would you, would you turn from your wrath just for a moment and listen to me. Look up the, the picked up the reading in verse 13. This is what Moses said. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants whom thou swearest by thy own self and said unto them, I will multiply your seed at the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord... Verse 14, the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do. How did Moses change God's direction? Because he went back to his word. And he said, Lord, this is what you said to Abraham. Lord, this is what you said to Isaac. Lord, this is what you said to Jacob. That sounds like a cool gig Give me the whole lot. But that's not what you said. That's not what your word said. So I am appealing to your unchanging word. And God said, all right, I'm not going to do it. Uh, hallelujah. How do you change cancer? You appeal to the unchanging word of God. How do you appeal to mental issues? You appeal to the unchanging word of God. How do you appeal to a financial need? You go back and you say, God, you cannot go back on your word. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, remember your promise. Lord, remember your word. Remember your word. I want to jump to the New Testament. We know that the Lord is bound by his word, and we know that the Spirit works through the word, and there is a a connection there with God and divine revelation. It's not just stagnant. It's not just words. It is anointed to do a work. John 15. John 15 and verse number 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, Jesus said. I am the true vine. If you're taking notes, I want you to be ready to write four elements that are involved in this allegory. All right? Number one, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Then he said, now are you clean? How? Through the word. You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And then he said, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch. Somebody say, me. We are the branches. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye accept Ye abide in me. Mm -hmm. He said again, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the saying, bringeth forth much fruit. (laughs) For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Useless. But look at verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bring forth, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. In this passage of scripture, I believe, is the divine, the principle of divine attraction. You have the Father who is the vine dresser or the owner of the vineyard then you have the word that was made flesh that is the true vine jesus christ the only way that we the branches could ever be plugged up into him is that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and he became our elder brother because he in his flesh came and conquered sin in his flesh amen then he we have the right then to be in him to be connected to Him, to be plugged into Him as a branch. He is the source we are grafted in. We are put into Him so that what the Father has set forth as a fruitful vineyard can now begin to produce because we are in Him. It is interesting that the Lord says "Is that, 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 that He purges or He prunes the the branches so that it can bring forth more fruit. You know, we get the idea that we are successful. We pray and God answers our prayer and goes our branch. Fruit hangs off of it. Grapes hang off of it. We're hanging off because we're abiding in Christ and we grow and we got this big old cluster. We shouted. We had camp meeting. We had a great time. The Lord moved in a mighty way. Do you know... That you never one time ever see a branch ever say, grow grapes. You never see a branch say, I wish I had some grapes that would grow. Please let me have some grapes. Please, please there needs to be grapes. The reason there are grapes is because there is an abiding between the branch and the vine. Because the branch is staying connected to the vine, there is a natural There is a natural outgrowth. There is no begging, hollering, and pleading for grapes. The only thing that happens is that producing fruitfulness requires pruning. Amen. If you want to have more grapes, you got to have some pruning every now and then. So God comes along and He clips off some things that are not like Him. He cuts off some pride. He cuts off some other areas. Amen. And we say, oh God, you're hurting me. You're harming me. No, He's getting you ready for more grapes to grow. He's getting you ready for more fruitfulness. Abide. Somebody say abide. There are four elements in this story. The husbandman or the father, God who is the owner, the creator of all. Jesus, the word made flesh, is the true vine. Amen. And we are the branches and the fruit is increase. God is always concerned about your increase. God is always concerned about you growing. God does not want to just... Keep us from getting what we need. Amen. But we have a promise. Here is the promise. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. We say that and just flip it off like it's some kind of really good cute quote. But what is he saying? If you will abide in me, I am the word. If you will abide in my word and my word abides in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Here's the divine attraction. Your problem on this board is not the divine attraction. Your situation your sickness, your need is not the behind attraction until, until you take that problem and you put it with this promise and you say I take that issue and I'm attaching God's word to it therefore if I abide in him I'm staying in him I can expect grapes to grow not because I'm good but because I abide in the word. And if I will abide in the Word, and I... Oh, hallelujah! Lord, let this be a revelation. I'm not going to say another prayer, but what I put a word with it. I'm not going to ask for another thing, but what I put the Word with it. That is the principle... A divine attraction. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. If you abide in the vine, that means there's constant contact. The Bible says that you can ask what you will. Sometimes we pray, and we ask amiss. Remember, Rhett? I need you to help me. Praise God. You're going to be my branch. Look at my handsome branch. It's my handsome branch.
0: Oh, I love you, nephew. Most of the time.
1: I'm the vine. You're the branch. As long as you stay... Connected to me, you have what I have. As long as you stay connected to me, you get what I'm flowing out. Hallelujah. You know I'm your rich uncle. No, I'm not. But as Jesus Christ is the vine, the branch in itself gets nothing when the branch separates itself from the vine it has no connection to divine authority what we want to do is that we want to go over here and play our branch by ourselves and live our branch like we want, how we want not connected to Jesus Christ and so when we have an issue reach up to me I'm not there he's not there Why? The connection was lost. But once the connection is reconnected, all of a sudden the life-sustaining force of the vine is now flowing back life into the branch. What am I talking about? I'm talking about we connect Him through the Word and by the Spirit. It's by the Holy Ghost that we are connected into Him. If we are connected into Jesus Christ, then what He has you see, see, branches that are connected are tithe payers, not because it's a commandment, but because they know if it flows out of them, back to Him, it will come back to Him, to them, through Him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! A branch that's connected to the vine doesn't worry about whether they attend church or not. They're connected because they know at some point in time that they are going to have something flow from that connection but people who are in and out and in and out and out and in amen wonder why their prayers are not being answered and wondering why they're having to come to god mealy mouth why me poor me is because they've lost their connection but when they get back connected with the word then all of a sudden their answer is in the connection the attraction is that God wants to flow into us what we need. God wants to flow into us miracles and signs and wonders. But we think cute prayers do it. We think that pious, repetitious prayers and how, how we heard somebody else pray. I want to challenge you tonight. I want to challenge you tonight to take time and study God's Word and attach God's Word to your problem. And then speak His Word over that. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Ed. Hallelujah. Give my little buddy a big hand. Yeah. The word abide means a fixed position. We pray from a fixed position in Christ. The Greek word here is a present imperative which means it is the call for one to abide as a lifestyle, a continuing intimacy of fellowship. We abide not once, not twice, not just when we have a need, but it is a lifestyle. The principle of attraction is that when you attach a promise to your problem, the word then becomes active for your situation. God is a God that abides and He wants us to abide in Him. Hallelujah. I want to tell you today we need God's Word in our heart that we might not sin against Him but we need God's Word in our mind that we can flow with the attraction. We need to be able to speak God's Word and declare God's Word. Hallelujah. Oh, help me, Jesus go to Matthew or isaiah rather isaiah chapter 34 and verse 16 look at this that is found in a beautiful uh, orientation of god in a, in a poem of isaiah seek ye out the book of the lord and read seek ye out the book of the lord and read listen to the word here no one of these shall fail none shall want her mate for my mouth it hath commanded and his spirit it hath gathered him the, Lord, the Bible here is saying, look at my word. There's already something that's about to make with your issue God wants to mate with what you are doing in the point that His word and the divine attraction he managed to say oh God I know I have this issue but God I'm going to believe your word I don't just do it today I abide in it I don't just pray this one time in an altar I abide in it I just don't say it just in a moment but I abide in it but oh pastor I've battled this for years abide in the word not in your illness." abide in the word not in your problem abide in the word not in your situation we have taught before that prayer is not a religious thing it is a legal thing it is a legal thing that we come before the Lord when we pray there is something within the legal system that is known as the law of legal Precedence, something that has precedence. As I understand it in this legal system, a legal case is established when it is set on precedence, establishing a rule or a principle. This principle or rule is then used by the court or other judicial bodies when deciding later cases with similar issues or facts, the use of precedence provides predictability, stability, fairness, and efficiency in the law. The Latin term literally refers to the doctrine of legal precedence. What Moses did with God is to bring to God legal precedence. What you said Remember Abraham and Isaac and Israel? Remember remember what you said to him, Lord? Remember what you said to them? That's legal precedence. It's going back and seeing a legal case. There was a time when King Jehoshaphat was in trouble and he needed a miracle. Look with me at 2 Chronicles 20 and 3. 2 Chronicles 20 and 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaim a fast throughout all Judea. How did he know to do that? Because they did it before. So before, this is how they did that. Legal precedence. If you jump down to verse 6 in Second Chronicles, Chronicles 20 and verse 6, and this is what he said, King Jehoshaphat said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not over all the kingdoms of the earth. And in thy hand is there not power and might. So that none is able to withstand thee. What is he saying? I appeal to what I know. You're God. You've always been God. You've moved. You've moved in our fathers. You've moved before. You've healed before. You've changed lives before. You've done things before. And he says in verse 7, Art thou not our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of the land before thy people Israel and gave us to thy seed Abraham, thy friend forever? Here's what he's saying. I appeal to precedence that I can go on what has happened before and I go to that authority so that I can present my case fairly, equally. So I say, Brother Larry, I come before the Lord for you and I appeal to the case of a man by the name of Bartimaeus. One day there was a man by the name of Bartimaeus who cried unto the Lord and God healed him of blindness. So when I pray for you, I appeal with legal precedence that says this is not a new thing, God, that you're doing this is not something that I'm asking you to step out of your character. You've already done it. You've already done it. You've already done it. Hallelujah. How do I know I can pray for cancer? Because I prayed for a wife and God healed her. I appeal to the legal precedence. I appeal to the blind seeing. I appeal to the lame walking. I appeal... I appeal, I appeal to you, God. Not my word, not my way, but a divine attraction. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I say to this back in the name of Jesus, if there was one that was let down through the roof because he could not walk, I'm just having a hard time walking. So I appeal. I appeal in the name of Jesus for healing of my back, not because I'm a good person, not because I even understand how you heal, but I understand precedent. I understand divine attraction. I'm going to put your word to my back. Be healed in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Brother Cole, Brother Dylan, grab this easel and bring it over here, right here in the front. Praise be to God. Praise God. Somebody say high expectation. The only reason I have high expectation is because his word is magnified even above his name. Yes, right. High expectation. Thank you, gentlemen. Here is one that says financial blessings. Lord, your, your servants, your disciples, needed to pay taxes one time. And they caught a fish. And there was money in the mouth. Of the fish. God send me to the fish. Send me to where I need to be. Send me to the source. Send me to the source. It might mean you got a fish. Oh just drop it on me Lord. Just drop it on me Lord. Just drop it on me. Let it just fall. from. Oh God. No. You got to go fish. But God will direct you where the fish is. I'm talking about legal precedence. That I can say the attraction is I'm putting my need with God's promise and I'm staying connected. Praise God. Praise God. Here's somebody say, I need family healing. Okay? I need family healing. Lord, you remember walking upon the woman in the well? She had a messed up family, she was in deep problems. More so than anybody else that I know of in my life. This woman was messed up. Surely, if you can speak life to her and heal her situation, God, you can heal my family's issue. Hallelujah. Stop belly aching about your relative and start praying the word over them. Stop belly aching about the pain and the issues, that old knucklehead, that old hardhead, and start praying the word of God. Lord, soften their heart. Lord, get to their heart. If you can get to the woman at the well, you can get to my brother. You can get to my sister. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 amen. There's miracles here. There's healing here. Deliverance for my mind. Deliverance for my mind. Deliverance for my mind. Hallelujah. It might mean that i got to quote a little scripture of, uh, amen, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Lord. You said you'd give me a new mind. Lord, I put the word to it. Wash our minds with your word right now. He said that he'd do that. Amen. Why don't you claim it? Why don't you put the principle of attraction together and take God's word and put it with your problem and send it as a promise. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. You can keep standing if you want. I'll be done in a minute. The Bible says in Psalm 107.20 I think I gave you that sister, Psalm 107:20. Hallelujah. He sent His word and healed them. He sent His word and healed them. But what we want is we want him to send the word without us sending the word to him, to attract. God sent His word. that means he dispatched His word for specific purpose and promise, to heal and deliver. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them. Stated another way, Word speaks of the very revelation of the one speaking it. So He sends Himself to heal us. When we pray in Jesus' name and we declare Him to be the Word and that His Word is true and we believe His Word, immediately we have an igniting of what the Bible calls faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And it is faith connected to the Word that gets God to stand up off His throne and say, Word, go heal them. Word, go heal them. In the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody that is under uh, an impact of your mind. Anxiety, be healed by the Word tonight. Every one of us that is battling oppression, be healed by the Word of God. Lord, send your Word here today. The principle. Divine attraction. I have one more scripture for you that I want to read. It's James 5. We've read it and read it and reread it and quoted it. But I want you to take a new view of this. Is any among you afflicted? I mean, anybody got problems? You got issues? Let him pray. Okay? That's awesome. How do I pray? By connecting my problems
0: with God's promise. That's how I pray. I don't beg. I don't plead. I don't say, please, Jesus, give me, give me, give me, because my name's Jimmy. I say, your word
1: says, this is for me. Well, what if you don't answer like I pray? Sister Cindy, he's still God. I still got to stay connected. I'm not offended because he doesn't answer like I think, because he knows all he understands all, and His grace is sufficient for me. I pray for things, Brother Seth, that never happened. but He brought me through it. He brought me through it, and come on the other side in victory. Amen. Let Him pray. Is any merry? Let Him sing songs, worship. Is any sick among you? Do what? Let Him call for the elders of the church. Let Him call for the elders of the church. That, that, that mean, That's a whole thing I'm going to talk about in a few weeks ahead. What are the elders of the church? And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Anointing with the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the lord shall raise him up oh but i'm going to qualify that pastor if i come that means i'm still going to still i'm going to come and believe but but you know i know i'm going to go back with my pain with my problem and with my issue every time you come up to this front for prayer. Every time you call Bishop or myself or one of the other ministers of the church for prayer, you ought to believe by the name of God that your miracle is on its way. Not because of me or because of Bishop or anyone else, but because the word said, call for the elders of the church. Amen. Let them pray over you. Let's start believing this again. Hallelujah. There should not be a service that we have a need in the pew, but what it is not up front for the laying on of hands. You say it's just an exercise. It is if you don't believe. But if you see it as divine attraction, if you see it as, oh God, you said that? That's what I'm supposed to do. Whoop, I'm hopping to it. I'm coming and believing that you're going to heal my body. Why? It's legal precedent. It's legal precedent. In verse 16, confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another that you may be healed. That's a whole different topic. I'll get to num- some other time. For it says the effectual. Everybody say the effectual. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That word effectual is a powerful word. Amen. And what I have learned is that it means, comes from the Greek word energy. It is the earn energy, the energy of fervent prayer. Amen. Availeth much. But in its original intent, it means fixed position. So when I abide in him, amen, brother Chris, when I abide in him and he abides in me and I go to prayer, I don't pray from some kind of woo. I don't pray because of emotion. I don't pray because I have feelings. I pray because I have a fixed position. I am in Jesus Christ, and if I am in Him, He is in me, and His Word abides in me. I have a divine attraction so there can be complete healing in somebody's mind. Amen. So there can be a husband saved, so there can be blessing on a business. Hallelujah.
0: our ministry.